You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And welcome in the Socks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti, and you're listening to our simulated season fast forward. We started on opening day, partnered up with Socks on 35th, the world famous blog. And then every day from opening day until baseball was announced that it was returning just a few weeks ago, we were bringing you each and every day a simulated White Sox game broadcast. But now baseball's back. There's so much to talk about. Every Wednesday, myself and my buddy Dave, like we have been doing for two years, are now back at the 9-foot homemade oak bar talking White Sox baseball with you for 30 minutes each and every week. Scott Merkin actually joins us tomorrow, Wednesday, the 9th of July, to talk about what's going on in spring training, or summer training now. And then next week, new White Sox voice of the radio, Andy Mazur, joins us on this show. But we also have to get to the end of the season. And if you listened over the weekend, the White Sox went into September a half game behind the Minnesota Twins and swept them in Minnesota. Two and a half games up and racing to the end of the season. But now as we fast forward to the end of the season, let's see what happens. Will the White Sox win the division, make the postseason, or crumble in the end? It didn't look good starting off a three-game set in Chicago against the L.A. Dodgers. The Dodgers, the best team in baseball to that point. Gio Gonzalez struggled mightily against L.A. at home. In five innings, he gave up five hits, one walk, but five earned runs, only striking out four. Dylan Cease came in, and just like he had done over the weekend against Minnesota, couldn't record an out and gave up three more runs. The Sox trailed big and mounted a comeback, with runs scored in the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning behind home runs from Yasmani Grandal, Aloy Jimenez, and Luis Robert, but unfortunately came up short losing 9-8. Game 2 was the worst start of Reynaldo Lopez's season. Lopez gave up four runs on seven hits over five innings, and when the bases were loaded up in the sixth, he couldn't record an out. Michael Kopech came in, was only able to get one out while giving up an additional five runs. The blowout was on. Before it was all over, the White Sox had lost two in a row, dropping Game 2 of the series 11-1. Fortunately, Carlos Rodan saved the White Sox bacon. The next day, he goes 6-2 and thirds, giving up only one earned run and six hits scattered over those innings. Struck out five. Column A, Bummer, Cordero, and Cishik come in to take the White Sox all the way through to ninth inning, winning 4-1. to Danny Mendick had a home run, and doubles from Abreu and Robert helped the cause. <laughs> Back on their winning ways, the White Sox went to Kansas City for the last time this season and swept them. A weekend series, seeing Kopech, Keiko, and Gio Gonzalez all take wins. The Sox win in a comeback on Friday night, 5-4, blow them out 7-1 on Saturday, and blink the Royals 8-0 on Sunday. The winning ways continue on the road trip, which turns out to be the best road trip they've had all year long. As the Sox go to Oakland, Lopez recovers from a very rough start the week before and pitches nine complete 
a shutout. 2-0 in Oakland. Carlos Rodan continues to be undefeated with a 3-2 victory on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, the 16th of September, the White Sox finish out a 6-0 road trip behind a solid start from Lucas Giolito as the Sox go on to win 5-2 against the A's. At this point, it looks like the White Sox have the division wrapped up and disaster strikes. A four-game series against Kansas City, who the White Sox have beaten up all year long at home on the south side. And Dallas Keuchel is unable to keep pace with Jacob Junis. The Sox can't generate very much offense and lose 4-2 on Thursday night. Friday night, though, Gio Gonzalez continued to show a slide that we have seen in the second half. Gonzalez only makes it through four innings, giving up 10 hits and six earned runs. Michael Kopech comes in and has a rough outing as well, adding on three more over three and a third. The Sox are unable to generate one extra base hit, but somehow come up with five runs over six hits and lose 11 to five. Already down 0-2 in this weekend series that should have been a celebration for the White Sox on the south side. Reynaldo Lopez takes the mound and turns in a quality start. Three earned runs with only five hits and two walks over six innings. He struck out three. But unfortunately, Dylan Cease and Carson Fulmer are unable to perform coming out of the bullpen, giving up three runs combined. Two doubles by Luis Alexander Basabe, a September call-up, and a home run from Yasmani Grandal contributed to 14 hits for the White Sox, but they leave 12 stranded on base and lose this game 6-4. Three losses in a row and about a week left to play, the Sox desperately needed a win to avoid a four-game sweep at home at the hands of the Royals. Carlos Rodon came out and pitched five and a third, giving up only four hits and one earned run. At that point, he looked a little shaky, and Ricky Renteria brought out Michael Kopech. With the game tied 1-1, Kopech went the rest of the way. Three and two-thirds, walking one and striking out four, allowing no hits. Meanwhile, the White Sox walk off in the ninth inning on a deep fly ball from Aloy Jimenez that goes for a sack fly, bringing home Tim Anderson, who had not started the game and came in as a pinch runner. The Sox win 2-1 and survive on a Sunday. But at this point, tension is mounting. The White Sox have lost three out of four to Kansas City and have allowed the Twins a glimmer of hope. Plus, the Indians are starting to climb back into things. And there's three games now on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday against the Cleveland Indians. The biggest series of the season, or at least since that weekend series at the beginning of September against the Twins is now upon us. September the 21st, Lucas Giolito against Mike Clevenger, and the Indians strike first, getting two in the top of the second. But the Sox would add one in the bottom of the second and one in the bottom of the third, behind a solo home run from Danny Mendick and an RBI triple from Jose Abreu. In the fourth inning, the White Sox poured it on. Tim Anderson hits a three-run home run that contributes to four total runs in the fourth, the Sox add on three more in the bottom of the fifth and look like they're going to cruise all the way to victory. But the Indians have been pesky all year long. They finally get to Giolito in the sixth inning. He ends up giving up five runs over six. Seven hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. Alex Colome comes into the game and shuts him down in the seventh. In the eighth, Jimmy Cordero does the same. 
With a four-run lead, Ricky Renteria decides he's going to save the back end of his bullpen and sends out Evan Marshall. Marshall's only able to record two outs before he's given up two earned runs and loaded the bases. But Steve Ciszek comes in and strikes out the final batter as the White Sox win 9-7 and take Game 1 against the Indians. The win ensures that the White Sox cannot be caught by Cleveland and clinches them a playoff berth. Game 2 is a slobber knocker. Dallas Keuchel against Carlos Carrasco, and both pitchers got hit hard. Keuchel gives up six earned runs over an inning and two-thirds and gets chased early, but the White Sox roar back and get five off of Carrasco in his first five innings. The score goes back and forth, but unfortunately, the Sox are unable to catch up after Keiko put him in such a deep hole and lose 10-7. With the Twins climbing closer into the picture, Gio Gonzalez takes the mound for Game 3 and finally has a good start. Two earned runs over six and two-thirds, only giving up four hits and striking out five. Marshall, Bummer, Fry, and Steve Ciszek lock it down for him afterwards. Nomar Mazzara and Jose Abreu each hit solo shots while Luis Robert knocks in two on a triple. Steve Ciszek gets his 31st save of the season, and Gonzalez improves to 17-8 as the White Sox take Game 3 against the Indians and win their 100th game of the season. Going into their final weekend series against the Tigers, the White Sox hold a three-game lead on the Minnesota Twins, sitting at 159 to Minnesota's record of 97-62. and The Indians have been eliminated from the American League Central race, but are only two games behind the Twins and the Angels, both currently tied with the same record atop the wildcard standings. Both of those teams would make it, and the Indians would miss out, but a big weekend looms. On September 25th, Friday night in Detroit, Reynaldo Lopez takes the mound against Kyle Funkhauser. Tim Anderson leads off with the second pitch of the game, hitting one out to deep center field. And the Sox lead 1-0. In the next inning, Edwin Encarnacion also homers. Lopez pitches well. Six and a third, giving up only four hits and two earned runs. He walks five, but strikes out five. Alex Colome cleans up the seventh inning for him. Aaron Bummer takes care of the eighth. Aloy Jimenez gets an extra run, clearing the fences in the eighth inning. And Steve Ciszek comes in in the bottom of the ninth, holding a three-run lead. And after giving up a hit and a walk, strikes out the next three, gets his 32nd save of the season, and the Chicago White Sox win the American League Central. The Sox have won their division for the first time since 2008. The White Sox start setting up their rotation and send Dylan Cease and Carson Fulmer up on Saturday and Sunday to mop up the season. The Sox end up winning both games, 5-2 and 7-3, and end up winning six of their last seven and finish the season 103-59. As MLB The Show gives us the awards for the entire season, before we enter the playoffs, we can announce at this point that Luis Robert will be named the American League Rookie of the Year. He finishes the season hitting 266 with 22 home runs and 66 RBI. He also finishes with the lead in stolen bases, 47 in total. D. Gordon comes in second, tied with Tim Anderson at 43. Tim Anderson just misses out on winning his second straight batting title, falling one point short of Jorge Polanco. Anderson hits 328 for the season. The MVP of the league 
goes to J.D. Martinez of Boston, who hits 291 with 52 home runs on the season and 127 RBIs. In fact, after the weekend that Miguel Sano had against the White Sox, where he got his 41st and 42nd home run, his average dropped 15 points, and he never hit a home run for the rest of September. Mike Trout came in third. In the standings around baseball, the White Sox win the American League Central. The Twins get a wild card. The Astros win the American League West. The Angels get the other wild card. The Indians end up four games out of the wild card picture in the end. In the American League East, the Red Sox win the East, mainly because Chris Sale was there for the entire year in this simulation and we couldn't do anything about it. Looking at the National League, the New York Mets won by 16 games to take the East. No other team in the National League East finished above 500, while the Mets went 96 and 66. The NL Central winners are the Cincinnati Reds, while the Dodgers run away with the best record in the majors at 113 and 49 and win the National League West by 28 games. The Padres, who are 28 games behind them, get in as a wild card. They're the number two spot. They will visit the Chicago Cubs, who went 95 and 67 and won the number one spot in the National League wild card. The Diamondbacks end up one game out of the playoff picture, the closest team to any playoff spot that missed in all of the major leagues. As for the White Sox statistical leaders, Tim Anderson, as we said, finished the season hitting 328 with an 863 OPS. He also had 13 home runs. Yohan Moncada hit 295 with 29 home runs and an OPS of 884. He also finished with 97 RBI. Yohan tied Aloy Jimenez with that RBI total. Aloy also had 28 home runs. He hit 279 with an OPS of 834. Yasmani Grandal finished the season hitting 282. He had an OPS of 928, 37 home runs, and 99 RBI for the greatest season of his career. Edwin Encarnacion only hit 255, but he knocked in 84, hit 34 bombs, and finished with an OPS of 848. We already mentioned Luis Robert. Another guy that was down the dumps earlier in the year was Nomar Mazzara. He does finish the season hitting 245 with an OPS of 773. He took out 16 balls and had 52 RBIs. Danny Mendick is the rookie that gets no attention, although he hit 285 with an OPS of 782. Nine long balls. He performed much better than Nick Madrigal, who had a very difficult rookie season, hitting only 211 with one home run and 31 RBI. The best pitcher on the staff was Steve Ciszek, who ended up with a closing job. He finishes with 33 saves and a record of 5-2 over 72 and two-thirds innings pitched. His ERA at a 1.36 and his whip at a 0.88. Aaron Bummer at a whip of 1.02 and also was strong in the bullpen. The most effective starter of the season turns out to be Reynaldo Lopez, who has a whip of 1.21. He goes 15-6 and six over 194 and two-thirds innings pitched striking out 143 and walking 76, and an ERA of 3.56. Gio Gonzalez faded towards the end, but did finish with a whip of 1.28 and a 3.71 ERA. He also went 17-8. Lucas Giolito goes 12-10, and and Dallas Keiko goes 14-9. But the big star is the guy that showed up after the All-Star break, Carlos Rodan. When given the opportunity to pitch and be healthy, Carlos came out and pitched 76 innings in the back half of the year and went 7-0 and with a 3.08 ERA, 
and a whip of 1.33. He struck out 78 to only 19 walks. If the simulation holds true, and what we're hearing in summer camp holds true, Carlos Rodan could be the big surprise that pushes the White Sox towards the finish line, even in the shortened season. All right, all of that is out of the way now. We have to find out who the White Sox would play because the Sox get the wild card winner between Minnesota and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. In the National League wildcard game, the Chicago Cubs hosted the San Diego Padres. And while the Cubs had 11 hits to the Padres' five, a big error by Chicago led to a four-run sixth inning for the Padres. Chris Paddock and Kirby Yates nailed it down for the Padres as the Cubs are eliminated immediately from the postseason, 4-2. On the 30th of September, the Twins went to Los Angeles and had to play a road wildcard game. And those teams went back and forth and back again. In the end, 21 hits and 13 runs were scored in this game. But the Twins held on to win 7-6 and become the White Sox first round opponent. We won the division, they got in as the second wildcard team, and we will face each other now in this round of the playoffs. So as we're running out of time, trying to figure out how to finish this simulated season, what we're going to do is fast forward until a critical game, and those will be the broadcasted games this weekend. And so, game one, Carlos Rodon against Kenta Maeda in Chicago, and it started off brilliantly. Tim Anderson hits a double, and two batters later, Yuan Moncada hits a two-run home run. In the third inning, Moncada strikes again. With the bases loaded, Yuan clears them with a three-run double, giving him a total of five RBIs in the game. The Sox bats beat up Kenta Maeda with 14 hits and 11 runs scored behind extra base hits from Moncada, Anderson, Grandal, Jimenez, Encarnacion, Mendick, and Luis Robert. Jimenez knocks in three, Encarnacion two, Abreu also plates somebody. Those are just some of the highlights. Maeda's chased after two and two-thirds innings pitched, giving up five runs, and when Rich Hill comes in, he gives up four more. Meanwhile, Carlos Rodon cruised. Seven innings pitched with only seven hits given up. Two walks, he spread it around. He gave up four runs, but only two of them were earned after an error committed by Tim Anderson. Alex Colome, Jace Fry, and then Evan Marshall in some mop-up put the game away for the White Sox, who win easily 11-4 in Game 1. Game 2 saw Lucas Giolito take the mound and pitch five innings, five hits, one walk, three earned runs, 11 strikeouts. Giolito runs through over 100 pitches in those five innings, but the White Sox are losing 3 to nothing. In the bottom of the fifth, the bats come alive. Jake Odorizzi, who the White Sox had gotten to in each and every game they had played, goes into the fifth inning, and it was one inning too many. After a Luis Robert leadoff triple, Tim Anderson goes deep. Yasmani Grandal walks, and Yoan Moncada hits one out. Four runs scored brings the score to 4-3. to three. And as Sox fans go crazy, the Sox add two more in the bottom of the seventh and one in the bottom of the eighth. Dylan Cease actually has a very good outing out of the pen, getting his first hold. He pitches an inning and a third, giving up two hits and striking out three. Jace Fry, Aaron Bummer, and then Alex Colome finish off the game. Steve Ciszek has yet to be used, and the White Sox 
win 7-3, and lead the series two games to none. And this is where the simulation ends. Folks, this weekend the White Sox will be up two games to nothing, heading to Minnesota for game three of a five-game series to determine who will go on to the American League Championship Series. Listen this weekend. If the White Sox win game three, we will move directly onto the ALCS. Otherwise, it may get a little tense. We will see you on Saturday for a White Sox simulated broadcast of the White Sox and Twins in the ALDS. And don't forget, Scott Merkin joins Sox in the basement tomorrow, Wednesday the 8th of July. And Andy Mazur joins us next Wednesday on the 15th. So much happening here on Sox in the Basement, the podcast for fans, by fans, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.